Hello, welcome to another WBE episode, baby. I'm feeling great, great energy. Why am I feeling great, you ask? Because I just got another Stripe notification. Yes, we are growing. Potskis is growing. And uh, we started the week really strong with three or four people joining. Then it's been, I guess, two days without anyone joining. And we just got another client. And this time with a pro um, subscription. So it's kind of our highest tier. And I always get super excited with this. So this episode will have a very hyped Tiago, but... I will also tell you about a lot of challenges that we faced this last week, from errors to being blocked from our email to the launch of GPT-4, so much stuff. I, I had no idea. It was so complex and so different, actually, to build a SaaS. You know, I've built other projects before, as you know, the community changed the, um, the lottery but the SaaS has its own complexity and tricks that I need to learn. So I'll be sharing all of that in this episode. I also want to kind of reflect about AI and GPT-4 and all of that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a packed episode. Let me just thank you, the listener, for tuning in. We are growing every week. There's more people listening to these episodes to the WB podcast, and this makes me so grateful. When I started this podcast, I started for two main reasons. First of all, I needed to vent. I needed to speak out loud, and that really helped. And the second reason was because I thought that we only get to see the success of people. Normally, we only notice them once they reach the top, but we fail to see all the steps that every entrepreneur had to take to reach that moment, that moment of glory. So I thought that it would be really a great exercise to basically start narrating my whole journey, the ups and downs, everything. And I'm really happy that you are here to listen to it and you like this format. So it gives me a little bit of validation. And as well, it's, it's much more cool to speak to an audience than to speak to the void. So I really appreciate that. If you want to support the podcast, one way you can do it is acquiring my step-by-step guide, my step-by-step bootstrappers guide, which it's, it's basically a guide from everything I've learned on my interviews and my own journey. And I think you'll be able to cut some corners there and, and avoid a f- certain common mistakes that I've made and a lot of other makers made. So um, yeah, the link will be in the, in the description. Besides that, this episode, in this episode, we'll have a sponsor. And I'm so happy because who is sponsoring this episode and the next few ones is a great friend of mine, someone that I've interviewed, someone that you know. His name is Luca and is the founder of Hivoe. And Hivoe is a tool that I use basically every day. So I'm so happy that I get to share this tool with you and to sh- share the, um, the possibilities the benefits that um, that you can take out of Ivoy. Besides that, what is really cool is that the first time I met Luca, he was making zero MRR with Ivoy, and now he's making more than 1K MRR, or even more now. It was growing like crazy. So it's so cool to see this growth. And, and now having him sponsoring this podcast, 
I don't know. I, I love this. I really love love these synergies. And I'll be speaking more about Hivoe um, in these episodes. So, yeah. Thank you, Luca, for the sponsorship. And now, without any further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Building a business or a product is something really hard. It's hard because there's no rule of thumb. There's no recipe to build a business because every business is different. It's different if you are building a VC-based business where you basically need to focus on raising money. That's kind of your main priority. Or if you are building an indie business where your main priority is to get to profitability really, really fast. In the end, your goal is always to get to money because money buys you time. But being a VC or an indie maker, the way you get to this uh, to money is different. So obviously, the tips and tricks and the recipe for a business, a VC business, is completely different than uh, the tips one would get from building an indie business. In the same spectrum, if you just go to indie businesses, for instance, you will have different recipes for the different types of business you're building, right? If you're building a SaaS, a community, um, some local, like a coffee place, something like this, all of these have different recipes, different tips. And as well, it depends a lot on what type of business you are making and what type, when you are making it as well, right? It changes a lot. Uh, making a business in the crypto area maybe one year ago was much easier than now. And now maybe making an AI business is it's much better than, uh, than two years ago. And one thing that I've noticed, one thing that I really noticed building PodSqueeze is that we are kind of catching the AI wave. We are in the perfect time to build a tool like PodSqueeze because we are getting a lot of traffic from AI newsletters, AI um, websites that basically gather all the AI tools. This would not been have been the case if we had launched one year ago, for sure. So I really feel that we are catching the wave in the right in the right time. And uh, again, the recipe to build this business now would be uh, much different of the recipe of building the same business. Um, a year ago. Maybe it wouldn't even be possible. However, there are certain things that I believe, at least in the indie world, that should be kind of the same. And these things are, you are here to solve a problem. And I I still fail to see any business that does not solve a problem. And I know that some problems are, are not as um, out there as others are, for example, if you're just building, let's say, a new Netflix series, I mean, what problem are you actually solving? There's tons of other series. But you are solving a problem. You are solving a problem of entertainment in that specific area. So there's always, I think, you can always narrow down a product to the problem that it's solving. And that's always what I try to do. I try to focus on this problem. Then I try to make something really fast as I know, we've built PodSquiz in a week. Like In the first week, we had a proof of concept that we shared already with some people that uh, were 
having the same the problem, the problem of repurposing content of, of their podcasts, of growing their podcasts, and we are immediately got feedback. And then we built the minimum, minimum set of features to kind of validate if this problem actually existed. We shared it, and then we collected a lot of feedback. We knew, we knew that when we first launched the product, basically two weeks after we had the idea, we knew that the product was not ready at all. Like, we really knew this. And we already knew that there was a lot of features that we had to integrate. But we wanted to get the feedback feedback from others because if even with that very simple version, no one like no one would have given proper feedback and they would say, no, this is not useful for me, then this would have been a red flag and probably would have stopped pot squeeze. But that didn't happen. So we continued and we sent an email to everyone that had signed up. I think back then it was like 150 people. And they gave us feedback. They told us to work on the upload feature so that you can upload a file from your laptop and uh, we fixed a bunch of bugs and immediately we started getting some conversion. Now here we made one, one mistake. We did make one mistake, I believe, uh, which was with the pricing. As a, as an indie maker, we tend always to not value our products enough. We tend to make our pricing very, very low. And I've done this mistake before. I've done this mistake with the community, I've done this mistake with many other projects. And this time, to compensate that, I made the, the opposite mistake, which was I believe that we put the pricing too high for the, um, for the set of features that we're actually offering. The price was too high. And um, I really believe now, and I think probably next time I do it, I will do it like this. It's better to start with a lower price because... What you are here, you are not trying to make tons of money right from the bat. What you're trying to see is that if people are willing to pay for it. And that you can evaluate even if you are pricing for $1. Because the moment people actually have to commit to a subscription, whatever money it is, they already need to get something out of it. If the product was not good enough, even if you would ask for one cent, they would not give it to you. For sure. Because why would they? Right? So that's kind of the first, the first pricing for me is to make sure that we have a business. Ideally, you are already making money, right? So you need to cover your expenses and add a little bit of profit for sure, right? Because otherwise you don't know if people would pay enough for you to be able to pay the, pay the bills. So we started reducing the price. We reduced the price once and the conversions kind of went up a little bit. And then we reduced the price again and we said, okay, this is a better product. There's a lot of errors still happening. And, and there, are, there are a lot of errors still happening. A lot of mistakes. A lot of things that we had to fix. So let's really make a very cheap price for everyone that is joining right now. And at the same time, then we had that uh, pleasant surprise of uh, GPT 3.5 that was 10 times cheaper than GPT 3. So that really helped us to have a better pricing and better margins. So we reduced, and then we reduced the price again. And now uh, we, we are having some decent number of conversions. So since we reduced the pricing, we are now making around $240. 
I believe last time we spoke last week, we were making like $100. So we kind of doubled, more than doubled our MRR in a week. The cool thing is we are not making that much that much effort to get people to the website or to get people to convert. They just do. They just convert. We don't have to do one-on-one sales. I've done this a lot before. I've done this with the community. I've done this with Indie Lottery. I basically, with the podcast as well, I have to reach out to people and say, hey, do you want to buy this? With this product, and that's what's getting me really excited, is the fact that I don't need to do it. Like People are coming to the website, and then people are converting. So that's really, really exciting. And that's what makes me think that maybe this is something else. Maybe this is a product that will actually take finally take me out of the... I don't want to say the misery, but, you know, all of the stress of not making money in, or not making enough money, at least. So, yeah, this past weeks or this past week has been a lot of building. We built a lot of new features, really cool features. One feature that we built as well is the possibility of you using GPT to tune the results. So you get the results and we had this issue. The issue that the results were wouldn't fit all the podcasts because let's say one podcaster might want the results in the first person the other podcaster might want the results in the third person sometimes you don't mention your name or the the, the name of your co-host in that episode and ChatGPT doesn't know it so you just say speaker one so you would like to replace all of this and by giving the access to a GPT query so allowing people to freely type and to edit the text it makes it so much easier to do it that the product just becomes much more mature and everyone can actually use it. So that's another feature that we used and I believe a lot of people like that because the convergence started going up. And then we realized, okay, I think it's enough for features. <laughs> I This is something that we know as indie makers that we tend to focus too much on features and I, I don't want to make that mistake again for sure. So it's enough. Enough is enough. We have a product that should be enough for people to converge. At this price point, at least, like people should be converting. Sure, there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot. Of, I have tons of ideas. Believe me, I have tons of ideas to improve the product. But let's wait. Let's wait and see, first of all, if we are increasing conversion. And second, I want to get these ideas and this feedback from the users. I don't want to be kind of assuming what the users will want. And granted, I am also a user, right? Because I have a podcast, I have this podcast and I use it. I use PodSqueeze, but still, I'm just one person. And uh, we need to collect ideas from all the potential users of PodSqueeze. So now it's time to reach to uh, marketing, the marketing part. The marketing part is always the most challenging for me. Maybe because I am a developer and I didn't learn this. I really believe that um, there's a lot that is not taught on on schools. Well, I've never been to business school, so maybe they, they do teach this. But for instance, in, in my college, we had like an entrepreneurship uh, subject. And it was terrible. Like I didn't learn the things I've learned in this past two years with all the podcasts and interviewing people. I know I feel it was like a master course on entrepreneurship, something that I've never had before. And I think that they could have at least given that in, in, in school. But yeah, I, I really lack in marketing. But 
I think I've, I've been getting a little bit better. Uh, one thing that definitely helps is like riding a hype wave, like what we're doing now with Podsquiz, because we get a lot of traffic without making a lot of efforts. One other option that really, really helps, one other option is cold emailing, cold messaging. And I know what you're thinking, like, ah, Tiago, but I've done that so many times and there's like zero conversion. Well, it's, I understand that. I, I used to have the same issue, but it turns out that we were making a bunch of mistakes. The first mistake we were making was in the message itself. At least I was making this. Like I, I would like send a huge message explaining everything of the product and why the product is good, blah, 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 but that's wrong. I think what, what I, at least what I feel, what, from my experience, what works the best is the shorter the message, the better. Go direct to the point, show what, what are you creating. Don't try to convince. Because if you have to convince someone that you are actually a great product in your first message, no one will read. So at this point, what you're doing is, I have this problem. Oh, there is this problem. I have this solution. Would you buy it? That's basically it. So I normally just say, hey, I, I try to personalize it with the name. And I say my name. I introduce myself as the founder, which always adds a little bit of credibility. I describe in one sentence what problem we are solving. And then I end always with a question. That's also something really important. Always end such a message with a question because they will feel that they owe you a response. And this is something very uh, irrational, but it's the same probably for you if you think about it. When someone sends you a message and like it's a message, let's say we are scheduling um, a trip together. We are going on holiday together and I'm trying to like gather the group and rally the group so that we can all book hotels or something. One way of sending the message is... I would really love for all of us to go to whatever, Jamaica. It would be so cool. Most people would, some of them would answer, say yes. But a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, that would be cool. But no one would, would actually answer. But if you just end with, who would be interested in coming as well? Or I'm booking it now. Who would be interesting? With, with a question, people would be, probably, if you think about it, you'd be, okay, I need to answer this. I This person... I owe this person an answer. And it's the same with cold messaging. So, yeah, the first part was tune your message, make your message work. And, of course, then you can improve it based on uh, on your responses. But by following this format, normally I get a few, a few responses. As well, another thing that really helps is to ask feedback from people. So not necessarily asking, hey, will you buy it? But like, hey, what's your feedback? I really appreciate because you're an expert in this field. You are a podcaster. You are a coder. You make cakes, whatever, I, I need your input because you're good. And then people also feel like their ego will be inflated. But yes, I want to answer. Then the second part is targeting the right people. This is really important. Again, it goes back to what problem are you solving? Then, by the way, all of this is in the guide. All of these steps are in the guide that I told you about in the beginning of the episode. But yeah, you, you target the right people. And then you know where they hang out and you send messages directly to them, right? And uh, one way one way of doing this, a way that, by the way, worked really, really well, especially in the Indie Lottery, when we were getting sponsors and users for the Indie Lottery, this worked perfectly. We got so many people signing up because of these messages 
was sending messages through Twitter because most of the, the users, the target users of the indie lottery were indie makers and most of the indie makers hang out on Twitter. So that worked really well. And you know what will come next, right? And it's time to jo- to to add the sponsor section of today's episode because it's Hivoy and Hivoy allowed me to send all of these messages in, in such a way that it didn't take, it took me almost zero time to send off all of these messages. And it, it was a really great, and it still is a great tool that I use every time I need to send the scold messages. So yeah, let's start with the sponsor section. It's uh, Hive again, from our uh, fellow friend and indie maker, Luca. He's also a member of the WB community. He has more than 8,000 followers on Twitter. It's great. And he's creating so many amazing indie products. He's not only in the highway, but he's creating other stuff. And all of this, while he still has a full-time job. So I really envy him for for everything that he has um, achieved. And uh, or not, not envy, but like I really admire everything that he has achieved. And I've, I've learned a lot from him. So Hivoe has many really cool features and we will uh, tackle each one of them in different episodes. Today, we'll be focusing on the DM campaign because Hivoe allows you to find leads, like an easy way for you to find potential leads, people that will convert or at least use your uh, product and then allows you as well to send bulk DMs in a personalized way, which is really amazing. You can actually send hundreds of messages personalized so that people that are getting these messages, they do not know that they were sent in bulk. So when you go to hivoe.com, it's H-I-V-O-E. The link will be in the description anyway. You go there and then you sign up, super easy. You connect with your uh, Twitter account and then you can go to new campaign. When you get there, first you can find your leads. And there's multiple ways for you to find your leads. So people that you'll be sending messages to. One of them is uh, to get followers of an account. So basically you go there and say, okay, send or get uh, all the followers of this account. And then you send it to them. Another one, another one, wow. Another way is uh, tweet interactions. So let's say... I create a tweet about pod squeeze and I say, hey, I'm creating this tool that um, basically generates written assets from uh, podcast episodes. What do you think of it? And then let's say it goes viral and a lot of people answer. I can just say all of these people that answered, all of the people that liked this tweet, these are really great leads. I want to send a message to all of them. That easy. You can search for tweets. You can create Twitter lists and then add them to um, to Hivoy and say, okay, send a message to all the members of this Twitter list. Or you can just find other Twitter lists that already exists. You can import this from a CSV or manually select users. And I've done this many times. This is my preferred way of sending messages because I work with João, right? My co-founder. And... Uh, his task is to find all of these leads. And I just have to basically, I have the easy part. I just have to copy all the Twitter handles that John sends me. So he has all the work of finding everyone, going on product hunt on Twitter and finding all the great leads um, from, from our businesses. 
And then I have the great pleasure of basically copy pasting into Ivory and send a message. So that's a way I've done this. So once you select your leads, whatever, um, whatever way you want it, you just click next and uh, you can just formulate your message. One really cool thing, one thing that I use every time I send a message with Hivoe is to personalize the name. So one amazing feature is that you can actually use a variable in the message. So you just uh, use the curly brackets and the type name. It's very easy to understand. You just, uh, when once you're trying it out, you'll see. And then it will automatically fetch the name of each user from their account and you, you can edit. So most of them, let's say if you are sending 100 messages, probably 85 to 90 are completely fine. The name is correct. Sometimes people just do not use the right name in their Twitter account or something, and you just have to replace it. So you go there and replace them. Super easy, super fast. You type a message following that structure that I told you before, and you send. And, and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. It will just send these messages to all of these people. So far, I haven't had any problems because Ivory is also very smart. It doesn't send all the messages right away. It has a very clever algorithm of sending, let's say, 10 per hour or something like this. I don't know the ins and outs of the algorithm, but I never had any problem. I've been using this for a long time. Luca is very concerned about all um, the, um, the limitations of the Twitter API. So that's something that he's always very concerned about. So I fully trust him on that. And then I just have to wait and get the responses from people. That's simple. I get the responses from people, I answer them. And again, as I told you, the conversion rate, especially if it is for the right product, it's amazing. It's really, really, really good. So I do have a discount for you. Yeah, Luca doesn't give discounts normally, but I told him, hey, it's it's the it's the wanna be entrepreneur listeners. I mean, so we have 10%. If you use the off, so OFF10, you get 10% discount on uh, on your Hivoe subscription. Again, links and uh, the promo code, everything will be in the description. And there's also a free tier. You can just go there and try it out. And this one is really coming from me because I'm a user. I use it every day. So I, I, I'm really happy that I get to speak about it in the podcast because it's a really a must-use tool for every indie maker. And that's the end of today's sponsor section. As I told you, I've been using Hivoe a lot and I've used it for a lot of projects. Funny enough, as I was telling you before, when you're sending these cold DMs, it really depends on the, the your success rate really depends on your target users. So when I was doing the indie lottery and my target users were indie makers, it was amazing. I used it, I, I reached out to them on Twitter, worked really, really well because most of them are avid Twitter users. They're always there, always checking their DMs. For podcasters, it's not exactly the same. We've tried the same strategy for podcasters and the we still had a few conversions and responses, but the conversion rate was a little bit lower. So we kind of shifted our strategy a little bit and we found that emails were working better. Emails and Fiverr, right? Actually, Fiverr got a lot of responses, but not a lot of conversions. So I'm working with Joan again with this and, and Joan find this, found this website or something, some directories where you could just like email or, or download a bunch of emails of all the podcasters. 
and we sent we sent messages and messages and messages and they convert really well but we made a very huge mistake a mistake that i feel such a noob i feel such a noob i, I woke up today and opened my email my gmail account for pod squeeze and it was blocked obviously i think you're you're already like predicting this you're like obviously tiago if you are sending 500 emails People will, some people will mark you as spam, even if a lot of them will like it. A lot of them will also mark you as spam and you'll get blocked. Never do this with your main account. I know, I mean, I don't know, we were such dummies doing this. Because this is the account we use for all the subscriptions. Um, so from the APIs and everything, this is the account. Uh, we, have, we really need access to this account. <laughs> let's put it this way, really need access to this account. So I just sent an appeal message to email for, to Gmail and I told them, I am really sorry, please, we'll never do this again. Please give us your, our account back. I told them that a lot of our users already know this account and a lot of subscriptions, we need this account. <laughs> I just basically put myself on my on my knees and tried like beg for it. What a name, oh man, what an idiot. I was really, we were really dumb here. Um, so if you are sending a lot of emails, if you are sending a lot of emails, don't send them from your Gmail account. Um, I'm still, I'm trying now to figure out how to do it. Like the first thing we did was like, it's fine. At least this is a great push for me to create um, um, pot squeeze email with our domain. So we've done this and now I'll find a way to send emails. If you have any ideas on what is the best way to send this kind of cold emails um, without getting blocked, let me know. I've heard that maybe using uh, Amazon services or something could be good, but I still have to figure that out. But yeah, so still, there's a lot of ups and downs. And this was really, um, really tough waking up to this and thinking, oh my God, I'm so dumb. At the same time, we for two days, we didn't get any new subscriptions and I got my hopes high and I was like getting a bit disappointed. But then uh, I found some other great tool. Uh, by the way, it was actually um, was actually recommended by Luca in the community. He told me to use a tool called Crisp that allows you to easily and like add um, a chat on your uh, website, like a support chat. So that's really cool. And now we get this and we get to speak with our users and answer questions. So that's really nice. At the same time, as I told you, we have now our email. So uh, team at podsquiz.com. So yeah, the positive side of things that it pushed us to do things that we were kind of delaying. But yeah, it was really, really, really dumb. It was a huge, huge mistake. And uh, well, now I know. Now I know that I will never do this again. Besides that, um, now that we are talking a little bit about the low points of the week, there were a lot of errors still with uh, with pod squeeze, which is annoying. Um, so there sometimes, like imagine I'm working late at night with Joao. It's like two, three a.m. because we like to work at night, but I'm already super tired. And then one of the errors that happened, Joao asked me, "Hey Tiago, can you switch like change this image because you know he's a designer and didn't like the image?" It's like, "Yeah, Joao, I can do that." I just changed the image and like <laughs> I was very sleepy and my ego, I was like, yeah, man, it's just changing an image. I wouldn't, I don't need to test it. <laughs> wrong, wrong. I just, you know, pushed it to production at 3am. This is like um, textbook things you should never do, by the way. 
push it to production. Next day, one of our clients, paying clients, says, hey, Tiago, I cannot upload, I cannot upload any, uh, any audio file. I was like, uh, wh why? And I saw that I didn't import the image properly. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, dumb, so dumb. So I just noticed that I need to be more aware of this. I cannot just simply release stuff as I want. This is something that was not happening as much in the other products, I guess, because they were simpler. So within the lodger and everything. Yeah, so besides that, we're having a lot of things to, to tune um, on, on, the, on the API side. Uh, one thing that also happened this week, I was like, I was weekend and I was just out, out and about. <laughs> I love this expression. We're just walking. It was this really nice, uh, sunshiny day in Portugal. And I got a message from João saying that, hey, we don't have, have enough money on Rev AI. Uh, we, need to, we need to charge it. And uh, as I'm talking this, I just got a message from Crisp. So someone, uh, um, someone actually asking for support. So that's really cool. Yeah. So I tried to load the API again with money, but then it was not working. It's like, what is it not working? It wouldn't accept my credit card. I was like, oh, so annoying. Now people, like it, if the API is off, is out, no one can work. Like just doesn't work the service and we're losing potential clients. So I was like, oh. Yeah, so there's a lot of things we need to do. A lot of things we need to automate to make sure that the service works fine. Um, at the same time, Rave AI is taking a lot of money. So now basically what I've done, uh, Rave AI allows you to um, basically do an auto-sync so that every time you're running out of money, it takes from your account. But we're spending a lot of money. We're actually spending a lot of money because there's so many free users coming and using our service that we are spending a lot of money. So when I tell you that my MRR is almost like 250 bucks, in reality, you need to extract all the money we are spending with Rev AI and everything. So uh, we are kind of in the break-even at the moment. So, yeah, I know that I say this on Twitter because this works. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it works. I, I just reached, by the way, 2,000 followers on Twitter. And when you show this, like, your numbers, you show your MRR, and people are like, oh, amazing, they like. But in reality, you really need to ask, okay, but how, how much profit are you making? And in this case, it's, it's not much. It's really not much. So we need to tune this. And somehow um, we're actually having a meeting with Rev AI to try to lower our prices because we need really need to do this. So, so many things happening. There's so many things happening at the same time and mostly around pot squeeze. And I feel that like my brain, I don't know what to do. I'm like, uh, okay, uh, what should I do now? What, should, what are the next steps? And I kind of freeze a little bit. And Juan is always more calm. Uh, it's funny. I think it's a really good interaction because I'm more... Um, I have bursts of energy. I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, which are also important to, to get things moving. But Juan is more calm. It's like, okay, let's analyze things. Let's take a deep breath, which, again, is really important for uh, for businesses. So, yeah, that's, that's basically that's basically pot squeeze. That's what, what happened in this past week. At the same time, I I had a few I hit a few bumps in the road. I had uh, a freelancing gig planning to start this week, but then uh, it turns out that there's no uh, there's no work, so the, the company um, kind of pulled off of uh, and didn't want to continue, at least for now. Which I have to be honest, it kind of uh, sh shake the shake me shake me <laughs> shaken me. 
a little bit uh, because I was thinking, okay, at least I'll get this this money and it's good. I need it. So yeah, um, now I'm kind of thinking I need to find something else. I need to find some freelance gig to help me uh, keep my like paying my expenses and keep me the anxiety down. So that's something that I need to do. And then last but not least, the last topic I want to talk with you is GPT-4. GPT-4 is the newest version of GPT from OpenAI. The one that everyone said it, it would be amazing. The one that uh, was trained with, I think, 10 times more parameters or something like this than GPT-3.5. So, obviously, I was super excited. I, I watched the demo, I watched the launch, and I was... I was blown away. I don't know if you if you saw it already, but the things that it can do are incredible, right? Like really cool tricks. Like you can sketch a website on a piece of paper, take a picture, send it to GPT, and it will basically generate the code. Yeah, that happens. Now you don't even have to like drag and drop blocks. You can like literally write it, like draw it, and then it works. And apparently it's also much, much smarter in terms of like logic and math. So you can send it a full contract. You, by the way, that's a great thing about GPT-4. It takes a much, much bigger input, which is great for us because transcriptions of a website, of podcasts are huge. And we have to find a way to basically split everything into chunks. Now it will be much easier once it's out. But yeah, once we send this... Um, it's able to analyze the full, let's say, full contract or or to do your taxes. Can you imagine this? You can read it and do your taxes for you. So I, I'm very, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. And, and funny enough, I, I made a, a poll on Twitter. Uh, I'm just pulling it up for you. But the poll was really interesting because the poll was asking people what they thought about AI. And there were th- three options. Going to improve is AI going to improve things, going to degrade things, or going to kill us all? <laughs> and funny enough, it's kind of 50 50 between going to improve things and going to kill us all. <laughs> and this is exactly what I feel about AI. In one hand, I'm feeling this is amazing. Like the possibilities that this is bringing to every area is they are mind-blowing. They are incredible. Like, And I'm using them. I'm making money out of them, which is which really amazing. At the same time, I, I'm thinking, okay, this can replace my job, your job, your brother's job, like everyone's job, especially like the middle class and, and less labor-intense or like physical jobs. They will just be replaced. And they will be replaced. And I, what, what I'm wondering now is how long it will take. Because humans, even though we're really good in adapting, we need time. So if it replaces all the jobs in the next five years, I, what what's going to happen to our society? And I know what you're saying. Yeah, Tiago, but you still need engineers to train the models or to maintain the infrastructure. Yeah, that's true. But do we still need the same amount? What will happen if you suddenly fire half of the workforce of like software developers and data engineers and lawyers and doctors. You know, that, that's that's what's worrying me. And just an example I, I heard in some podcast or something. 
you know chess, right? Chess, um, it's uh, this millennial game. And there's already an, an AI model that is able to beat any chess champion. Any. Like, but it's so superior that sometimes you only understand why the model did a move after 20 moves or so. It's, it's that much superior and to the point that everyone relies on, on this model as the, the truth, the only truth. And if you play close to the model, then you are a better player. Now, the interesting, and, and now imagine that there's a few aliens. Aliens come to the Earth and they, they select you and they tell you, okay, if you beat us at chess, you, you get to keep your planet Earth. If we beat you, we destroy your planet. And you have the current chess champion, like uh, Carlos Magnussen, and you have the stockfish, the AI. Which one will you pick? I know that I would pick the AI because the AI is that much smarter, right? So you'll just get the AI and do whatever the AI tells you. Now imagine that you are the CEO of a company, right? You are the CEO of the company and you have this AI. And this AI gives you the perfect recipe to improve your, um, your profit. And then you hire someone. Would you, which one would you choose to make the decisions? That's also what worries me. Like, we will be just pawns at the wheel of this AI. If this AI is better at coding than myself or any developer, I am only there basically copy-pasting code. That's my only job. And some people will argue that that's kind of what most developers already do. We go on Stack Overflow. But I feel that we still have a little bit of control over it. So yeah, I at the same time, so I used to have a lot of echo anxiety. <laughs> so anxiety related to climate change and how humans are somehow destroying the planet. But now I'm adding to that the AI anxiety because I I really know. At, at the same time, I'm somehow in the opposite spectrum. I am one of the these people that are actually taking the jobs using AI because I already got this feedback. People already told me that because of your project, because of PodSqueeze, I can kind of fire half of my team because we don't need them anymore. I'm I'm sure that it's still not there yet. I'm sure that people will not fire all of that team right now because of PodSqueeze, but it, it can get there, right? That's kind of what's the point of PodSqueeze, to cut on time, to save you time. So at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, if this shit is about to go down... I want to be the one in the side of getting the money to getting paid. <laughs> Maybe that makes me uh, a bad person. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, that, that, that kind of thing kind of worries me. And I, I think about it and I, I chat about this with my friends. And it feels that I'm the, the one that is the most worried. Maybe because I'm the one that is using it the most as well. I, I use it every day now. I use it for my projects. I use it for to codes i use it for my whole life really like i'm ai dependent <laughs> at, at this moment um wh what do you think about it actually i would really love to hear your thoughts um, send me a message at wb tiago on twitter and tell me if you are worried if you, if you also have this uh, ai anxiety 
let me know because um, I, well, apparently I'm not the only one, right? Based on that Twitter poll. So maybe it's time to start thinking about it, right? So that we don't end up destroying the planet, right? Uh, I, I, I somehow feel that the previous generation um, with access to oil and maybe not the previous necessarily, but there was a lot of damage done to the planet that now we are part of it as well. I'm not saying that it's not our blame, but we are already part of this society. And maybe we could have done something in the past to somehow uh, cut our losses and make sure that we were going growing into a more sustainable future. And I feel it's the same with AI. Maybe in 20 years, people will be looking at us, our generation, thinking, why didn't they stop it? Like, what have they done? That this is was not regulated, it didn't grow properly, and now uh, it's actually making the world a worse place than a better place. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be too negative, because I think there's also a lot of amazing uh, benefits from it. But I think it's it's worth for us to to think about it. I think it's really worth for us to um, to think about it. Yeah, we are getting close to the um, to the end of this episode. I I want to thank you again for for listening to the podcast. This next week we'll continue working on PodSquiz for sure. You can follow me on Twitter if you want a little bit more updates or at the community. So I'm learning a lot about SaaS. I'll be sharing that with you, obviously. At the same time, we'll have another event of the community and I will try to find another freelance gig. I think that's really important. Uh, funny enough, I had uh, when I knew about this freelance gig that was about to start, that I thought it was going to start this week, I kind of canceled another one that I had. And I canceled it because mostly I didn't want to do it. I have to be honest with you. It was not challenging enough. And I thought, okay, I have another option. But now I'm considering going back uh, because uh, fortunately this client still wants me to do it. At the same time, I think, okay, it's great that I have this possibility. On the other hand, I think, okay, now I'm forced to do this. But, you know, it's the sacrifices that one has to make to to live their dream, right? So uh, I'll be probably doing that. Yeah, and that's basically it. I'm just reading my notes, checking if I have anything else to say. But uh, no, I think we covered all the topics. So yeah, if you like this podcast, if you want me to continue doing it, if you have questions, uh, suggestions, send it my way at WBTiago. Once again, thank you to today's sponsor, Hivoe. The links and the discount will be in the show notes. So make sure to go there and check it out because you won't regret it. And um if you want to join the community or support this podcast, uh, you can buy the guide, join the community, buy merch, WME merch. I have a lot of options for you if you want to contribute uh, for the WB podcast. And that's it. That's it. This was another wannabe entrepreneur. I wish you the rest of a great week and an amazing weekend. See you next week. And once again, I'm late for my Muay Thai class. I really need to get going. Yeah.